Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Taken out of Psalms 23, he restoreth my soul. Uh, It's fascinating because in the first five verses of Psalm 23, we have like seven names of God found in those first uh, five verses. So I'm going to go through them rather quickly, but they do apply to us because just like he restores our soul, um, he is uh, Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Uh, And so he restores our soul, he heals our soul, he heals our bodies. uh, And so we'll get to that number seven. But first of all, quickly, Jehovah Rapha. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, of course, taken out of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. So don't wander off. Stay close to the shepherd. Amen. Uh, Jehovah is the sacred name of God that the high priest would utter once a year as he went into the holy of holies. Jehovah is God's redemptive name. It is the, he is the self-existent one who reveals himself. Now, how does he reveal himself? Well, that's simple. He reveals himself through, or did reveal himself, through Jesus Christ. Uh, it's amazing because people uh, down through the ages of time, no doubt, have asked this question, um, whether they understood the the impact Uh, entity of God as Father and Son, Holy Spirit or not, they would ask the question, uh, what's God like? What is, I wonder what God is like. And still today, there will be people that will ask the same or similar question, what is God like? What is he really like? And uh, one of the disciples asked that same question. It was Philip. And here is the response that Christ gave Philip when he asked the question, show us the Father and it will suffice, he said. Well, Jesus answered, "Um, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you even say, show us the Father? You are looking at the Father when you look at my life. And so we can look at the life of Christ, what he said, how he lived, the miracles he did, the interactions with people, all reflect who the Father is and what the Father is like. So if you want to know what Jesus is like, get you a Bible and start reading it and finding out what he did, what he said, how he worked uh, his miracles in this world so you can understand what the Father in heaven is like. And then there is uh, number two, Jehovah Jireh. Uh, Also found in verse 1 of Psalm 23, I shall not want. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my what? Provider. Um, In Bible college, 
Uh, some, I learned about this, and I, I wrote it out on a piece of paper and put it right over my bed so I could see it every day. I needed his provision, and I would say it, I would see it, I would claim it, and uh, God is our provider. How many of you know God's your provider, right? So, um, but you have a part to play. As you will discover, we're going into James chapter 2 this Wednesday night, Lord willing, and it talks about faith, and it talks about works, and you cannot separate the two. They go together. See? If you need to dig a trench, God may provide the shovel, but he's not going to dig the trench for you, all right? So you've got to take the shovel that God provides and dig the trench yourself. Now, I know it may seem like I'm harping on these next points lately, but I, I want to harp on them, all right? Because I want people to understand, yes, He's our provider, got to take care of everything and uh, that he's supposed to take care of. And you need to take care of everything you are supposed to take care of. And let me tell you one thing that you need to take care of, especially you men, but ladies also, you need life insurance, all right? Term life, according to Dave Ramsey. Life insurance. There have been people that had passed away lately, and it grieves my heart. It just saddens me to see people that someone, their loved one passes away. There's no money uh, either to bury them or to meet expenses uh, ongoing. Now, men, let me tell you something. All right, those of you that are married, men, if you don't have some life insurance, you get some life insurance, all right? And you say, well, Pastor, I work out, I'm in good shape. No, stop that. You don't know when you're going to die, all right? So when you die, your wife, no doubt she's going to need a new car, all right? And she's going to need some other new things. So you leave her plenty of money, all right? I mean, like a minimum 500,000 million plus, all right? Because she needs help after you're dead and gone. Take care of those kids. She deserves a new car, all right? So... You get her that insurance, and, and maybe you get her some too, just in case she dies first, all right? So we don't know when we're going to die. Preachers back in the early days of Pentecost, they would say, Jesus is coming before I die, and uh, I don't need to worry about the future. Well, uh, they didn't need to worry about it, but they needed to think about it. Because now many of those are on up in years uh, and they can't work uh, and uh, they don't have any money. And so the Assemblies of God have come alongside of many of them and are supporting them on a monthly basis, helping them. Our church sends funds also to help those retired ministers that, that they meant well but they were wrong. They were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. So let's make sure we take care of the, let's do our part. Amen. God's going to do his part. Let's do our part. So make that will out. We're talking about God is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Make that will out um, and make things uh, right financially. You know, David, when he went out to the armies and that were confronted and Goliath and the Philistines, uh, do you know what happened when he got there? When he got there, he heard Goliath and righteous anger rose up against him, against Goliath. 
but he heard something. The herald call was this. Whoever kills Goliath shall win the king's daughter for marriage and his family will pay no taxes. And David heard it. And then he said, somebody make sure. Tell me that again. What am I going to, I'm going to get the king's daughter. I'm not going to have to pay in taxes. That guy's dead. He is dead. Goliath, he's done with. I'm going to take care of him. So uh, money is a part of our life and we need to take care of our part. God will take care of his. Number three, Jehovah Shalom, peace. The Lord, our peace. Verse two of number four, Jehovah Titkanu. The Lord, our righteousness. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus out of verse 3. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Jehovah, Shema, the Lord ever present. Aren't you glad the Lord is present with us at every moment in time? Jehovah, number 6, Nissi, the Lord, our banner. He is over us. Thank God he protects us in ways we don't even fully understand. Now, number seven, he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. The spirit before Christ was dead to the things of God. But when you and I accepted Christ for all that have, when we bowed our heart before God, repented of our sins, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God came into our spirit and made us alive to the things of God. Now, our emotions were touched because our soul is made up of our emotions, our mind, and even some would say our, our will. So when we're born again, our emotions are touched, our mind is touched, and immediately the spirit alive to God starts to speak and impress upon the mind the direction of God. And so it's an incredible thing. Our bodies are, uh, sense the reality of what just happened. It's an amazing thing that at that moment, God touches us in such a way. But our soul, it may have been affected by all kinds of things in the past. And so usually people walk out victory in their life. They have things to deal with. Maybe it was sexual abuse. And so they have to deal with this in their life. But now let's go and talk a little about the body. Let me just ask uh, he is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. How many of you have ever been miraculously healed? Let me see your hand. You were miraculously healed. I have also. And then there were other times I wasn't healed. By God, at that moment, I did not understand why. Before the kidney transplant, I told Alice. It was like three weeks ahead of time. I said, Alice, we need to maybe stop praying for a miracle and start praising God for his provision of a new kidney that I'm going to receive. I, I would have still loved the old ones to just function and work, but the new one is really doing good. All right, so thank God for, for, uh, for a new kidney. But uh, our bodies, our bodies are pretty incredible. And so God can miraculously heal 
progressively heal our bodies, but he also made our bodies in such a way they are meticulously uh, made with care and provision. And when you start studying the body, it's an amazing thing. When I was sick back in 2020, um, I found a book. I, I guess Alice brought it to the house, and it was about medical things, and I picked it up and started reading about the immune system. And that was part of my problem because my immune system was all out of whack, and it started literally attacking my body. And so I, as I read the immune system, uh, I was fascinated. It, it, was un, it was almost unbelievable what I was reading because I started reading about the lymph nodes and in your body and that there are white blood cells made uh, uh, mostly by your bones uh, and uh, that, that some of those white blood cells, I guess, are uh, called to go into the lymph nodes and uh, the spleen also contains some. And uh, when, a, um, when something comes into your body that is a foreign object or subject, uh, like bacteria, immediately, you know what happens? Like an army. They come out of your lymph nodes, go heading toward that bacteria. And when they get there, the purpose of those white blood cells is to kill it. It's like an army inside of you. And so, so they, they come upon it. They try to kill it and or do. And uh, then they encode what that is. They encode it. So then they go back into the lymph nodes. And I'm reading this and I'm like, what? This is all happening in my body? And I didn't even know it. And they, some of my guests or all of them go back in and uh, wait for that same bacteria to come back. That's why the next time they immediately go out, they know what it is, they, they go to destroy it. And I'm like, God, this is absolutely amazing, incredible, the immune system. And all through this pandemic, I heard very few people talking about the immune system. And I'm not saying that healthy immune systems would have killed uh, all of the uh, coronavirus, but they, somebody should have been talking about strengthening our immune system, not only against that, but against a lot of things. Uh, and I just thought, wow, this is incredible that God so designed our bodies that if, if uh, it would just heal itself in so many cases, I'm not saying all, but in so many cases, uh, it will heal itself. Well, and yet we need to improve. This is a good time for us to improve our immune system, all right? So this is spiritual. Why? Because God made us like this, and if it's out of order, then we need to get it in order. When I got sick, I asked God, God, why did my immune system get all whacked out and start attacking me? And I felt like God was saying, too much stress, too much stress. And I'm like, dear God, forgive me and help me. But uh, so how are we going to get our immune system strengthened? I'm going to give you some ways that I've researched and found out that will help you and help, help you have a high-functioning immune system. So if anything goes in your body, I mean, that little army is coming out of there. I mean, going and looking for it, all right? So number one, if you smoke, stop in Jesus' name, all right? Smoking will impact your immune system. I didn't know this, but it does. 
And then you need to exercise. Oh boy, hit the others on the other side. Okay, exercise. Maintain a healthy weight, all right? All right, whatever that is, all right? So uh, you know what it is, okay? So exercise. We've been in this building, uh, what is it, nine years in August? And I started doing something about three months ago, and I'm like, why didn't I do this nine years ago? I started walking the three flights of stairs up to the third floor, and now I'm in such better shape. It crossed my mind the other day to run them, but I didn't want to show any of the other guys up, so I just, uh, I'm still walking. And yesterday, I went to the elevator, and I pushed it, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I walked across the room, got on the, in the stairs, uh, well, and went up the stairs. And so uh, I'm just a little late, nine years late, but uh, at least uh, I'm doing something now. So God help all of us. If we're, we need to shed a few pounds or a lot of pounds, God help you to do it. I know it's not easy, all right? And then to help the immune system, sleeping well, eating right, not better, See, some people say, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to eat one hamburger instead of three. All right, so no, we don't need to eat better. We need to eat right, okay? Um, I was at the hospital about, I don't know, several years ago, visiting a man that had a heart attack, and the doctor was there, and we were conversing, and uh, he said something about all the heart attack patients in the hospital. And I'm like, really? He said, yeah, it's the weekend. And I'm like, well, what does the weekend have to do with heart attacks? He said, well, that's where most people have heart attacks. And I'm like, I'm fascinated. And he's, I said, well, why? He said, because senior citizens, uh, especially men, I think he said, uh, that may already be compromised in a little bit in their heart anyway or have some clogging, they go out and eat barbecue ribs. And that all that salt and all uh, that's there will cause uh, water build up and, and heart to, to have a heart attack. And I'm like, wow, what people know about things that are in cycles. Let's get ready for the heart attack people this weekend. Uh, I'm like, this is crazy. I had a man that worked at a cemetery tell me that most people, more people die around Easter than any other time. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's cycles of people dying in Orlando. And he said, yeah, I think maybe it's just older people thinking about death and dying and Christ dying around Easter. I thought about canceling Easter after that. But anyway, uh, but back then when I was talking to that doctor, I loved ribs. So I told somebody, don't eat ribs on the weekend. If you're going to eat them Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is the time to eat ribs. All right. Okay. Just a little word of caution. No. Just beware, I told you, all right? Don't have any heart attacks. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Our bodily exercise profits a little. See, there is in the Bible. Bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness, but godliness, but godliness is profitable for all things, for the healing of the soul, for the restoration of the soul, for the healing a past trauma, present trauma. It is there that will impact our, and it is uh, godliness that will impact our lives incredibly. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So what about the soul? What about the soul? 
I've got a friend that's joined us today. I'm calling him Job. All right, Mr. Job. Okay, there we go. What'd you guys do? Pastor Wayne, thank you. He put this thing together. It was all, somebody got a hold of and knocked the bones apart. And uh, so he put it back together for us. And it, Job looks relatively good. All right, so, um, but what about the soul? Because the soul is the mind. And we usually point here when we talk about emotions, because I guess the heart is here, but the emotions and the feelings that, that we have is just, it's just an incredible thing to think about that we can, you know, break out crying in a moment of time over something because of something we see or hear. Uh, and I don't know where, where it all comes from, but literally the emotions can impact the eyes where you're, you're crying. And so God help us. I mean, the body is a fascinating example of God's love and care. It's just unbelievable. This didn't happen through evolution. That's ridiculous. And so I want to talk about, why don't you join me over here, Job? Okay. I don't have to walk so far. Okay. All right. Stay right there. All right. So um, the soul, you know, a man can look like Mr. or be Mr. America with muscles that ripple and a nine-pack or a six-pack, whatever he's got. Uh, and yet on the inside, as good as he looks on the outside, on the inside, in his mind, in his emotions, they are as sick as they can be. They have dried up. They are tormented. Uh, all kind of things are happening in here and here in his life. Outside, people say, wow, a Hollywood star, a woman, can look beautiful on the outside, and yet inside, she is sick inside, in her soul, in her emotions, in her mind. She's uh, so sick. This can happen in our childhood, our Children or children can feel rejection. Rejection is a terrible thing for a child to feel. And I pray to God that no one, anyone associated with this church will ever, ever make anyone, not just your family, but anyone feel rejection or a, a loss of love toward them. But lack of affection I thought this was going to work, but I'm not sure. Uh, lack of affection toward us during our childhood and unbelief, uh, uh, rejection in our lives. Physical abuse. There are people in this room and listening at the campuses and online that were physically abused as a child, and it affected your mind. And now you're a grown man or a grown woman, and there's that tendency inside of you, and you don't even know why. You don't even know why. You, don't, you haven't consciously thought about it, but now you're being very abusive, and, and you don't even realize it because you got into a comfort level, and, and it became normal in your life back here, and now you brought it in here, and, and people are saying, what are you doing? And you're, you're conflicted because there's all kind of things going on in here, in here from your past. 
Some of you were sexually abused. How horrible. How utterly, terribly horrible to be sexually abused, to assault on your life and your being, not just on your body, but on your soul, on your soul and your spirit. Sexual abuse, such a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to happen to someone. One lady, she was telling us about that she was sexually abused growing up, and she had such victory in her life. And I'm like, how did this happen? How did you get such victory? And she said, Pastor, I started coming to church and hearing the word, and I believe what the word said about me and what the word said it would do in my life. And uh, I got victory, totally, total victory over it. But some of you haven't, and you're hiding it. And you don't want to bring it to the surface. And yet maybe that's the exact same, the exact thing you need to do is bring it to the surface so that God can wipe it all away and, and, and maybe even to the point where God uses someone else in your life that loves you dearly that will help you find that place of victory because I'm telling you, there is victory for the restored soul. There's victory for your soul. It doesn't matter if you didn't have any affection. It doesn't matter if you were rejected as a child. It doesn't matter what happened to you from yesterday back. God has a future for you that includes victory over your soul and all the things that happened. Or maybe, maybe it's still happening. Maybe you're feeling rejection from a ex-husband or a husband or a wife, you're feeling rejection. There's stories out there that's heartbreaking, just literally heartbreaking. I was meeting with a group of men one time, and I, I looked around the room, and they all looked, you know, most of them businessmen, professionals, and they all looked wonderful. And I, I looked at one guy, and, and, and I heard the stories from others and I was taken back a little bit by the trauma in their lives. And I thought to myself, this poor guy, he's going to feel bad because he had a great life. And he opened up his mouth and started sharing his story. And I could not believe what I was hearing about the loss, the hurt, the pain, the rejection, the abandonment that he experienced in his life. And for him to have come, overcome that and was serving God and loving the Lord with all of his heart, I just thought, God can do anything. There's nothing God cannot do. Say amen to that. All right, so let me tell you, though, a lot of things can impact your soul. Young people, beware of something. Culture can impact your soul. It can impact your mind, your emotion. It can get you to start thinking all kind of things that are contrary to the word of God. 
It can cause you to believe that it's okay if a junior high boy that identifies as a girl goes into a shower with girls. It's okay. But let me tell you something. That's a, a sign of a sick soul, a sick mind. And the people in Washington that come up with this stuff, they're sick too. They need Jesus. And the person that is hurting needs Jesus. They don't need permission. They need forgiveness of their life and their thinking. And we don't reject those kind of people. I'm not talking about rejecting them. I'm talking about loving them through the trauma in their life, loving them to a better place. Let's go to uh, God restoring our righteous soul. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 8, it says, this is incredible, it calls Lot, the nephew of Abraham, it calls him a righteous man and delivered righteous Lot. Um, I remember still thinking the first time, righteous? This guy righteous? Yes, God called him righteous. Why? He still loved God. He still knew what was right. But when Abraham gave him a choice, his nephew gave him the choice to when the flocks got too big in both of their herds, he said, go where you want to go. And Lot chose the greenest pastures, but he had to go toward Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. But it didn't stop there because by the time we find him here, he's inside the city of Sodom. He got comfortable enough to move inside a horrible, wicked, vile city with people that needed God and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed. Oppressed. We're going to talk about that, I think, in three or four weeks. Who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Here's where it happened. All of a sudden, Job, he's in Sodom. He goes out of his house. He comes in from the working during the day out in the pasture, and he comes into his house inside Sodom. He has to walk by open sin. It is vile. It is wicked. When he's going out and when he's coming in, when they're going to the shop or wherever, he sees and he hears the Bible says, and he becomes oppressed. Look at it who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul every day by seeing, by seeing and hearing two of the ways that our soul is impacted by what we see and what we hear. Their lawless deeds so much so that when two angels came to deliver him from the city that was going to be destroyed, they went inside to spend the night, and a crowd of men gathered on the outside and asked for him to send those two men out so they could know him carnally, them carnally. Wicked, vile. Uh, and he says, and it's incredible, and part of it was culture of taking care of of, of guests and men guests, but part of it was because he was oppressed and sick in his soul. 
Because then he says, don't bother these men. I will send my two daughters out to you. Literally, this father is saying, I'll send out my two daughters to be gang raped by you. This man had sunk to such a level. Why? He pitched his tent towards Sodom. He went in among them. He dwelt with them. He saw, he heard, but he got used to it. It became the normal. Yes, it was wicked, but it became the normal. And yes, he was oppressed. And so he started thinking in ways he should never have thought, sending his own daughters out there. And yet, after they were struck blind by the angels, and the angels said, you got to get out quick. You got to get out quick. And they almost forced Job and his two daughters that had never married out of the house and the wife or the mother. She didn't want to go. The girls didn't want to go. And he didn't want to go. And I believe he had two other daughters that were married. Read the text. But um, I believe that they stayed. Their, their husbands mocked him. And so finally they leave the city. And maybe you've never heard me say this or anybody for that fact, but I do not believe it was Lot's wife who was at fault for dying when she turned around with a, a longing toward that city, that wicked, vile city, her soul also oppressed by the enemy. And she turned around and she dies. Who's really responsible? Lot was really responsible. He's the one that made the decision. He's the head of the household. He's the father. He moved his tent towards Sodom. He moved inside the city. And his wife, as a result, now is dead. And during their time away of escape, the daughters, who are also oppressed by all that they saw and heard, say to each other, let's get our father drunk and lay with him. And they did, and out of that incestuous relationship became children, or came children that then went on in generations. They were cousins of, of the Jews, Abraham's children, but they tormented them all out of the fact that Job did something he should never have done. My God, have mercy on all of us. My God, have mercy on all of us. It is only God that can restore the soul. And yet, today he awaits to restore every one of our souls through the word that renews the mind, through the power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us and moves mightily to set free from bondage, from our power over the power of the enemy, to command under our feet, to the goodness of God using others to come into our life, to point us to the cross. God would go to any means to restore your soul. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.